With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. When he went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. there was some different animals on that team. Mm-hmm. There were some dudes oh. that we forget about that played on that San Francisco 49ers team, like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and those dudes up front. And on the offensive side, Colin Kaepernick and Greg Roman were in an offense that most defenses hadn't figured out how to defend yet. If, if you remember with the athletic quarterback and the things that they were able to do from an RPO zone read standpoint. So I would just caution, okay, that thinking he going to go to Minnesota and revive it like it happened in San Francisco. It ain't the same personnel. You got a lot of talent like we mentioned on offense. But Harbaugh took a long time to beat Ohio State at Michigan, y'all. Football. Yeah. Hey, Purple Daily, Mackie Judd, <laughs> executive producer, time. Declan Goff, Alex Boone. Not Yo. sure if you guys know this, but uh, Alex Boone played in the NFL for over a decade. Uh, he actually played, coincidentally, <laughs> for Jim Harbaugh in the Super Bowl. I know, so, right? He's got one question for hmm. you, Booney. Yes, baby. Who's got it better than us? Who's got it better than nobody? <laughs> Dude, when we started that slogan, we were we were a train wreck, man. We were a bunch of dudes that didn't know what we were doing. And this guy was like, hey, who's ready to go? We were like, all right, here we go. Dude, I remember that first year to camp. He sent out letters to your home. He wanted to do it so old school. Because do you remember, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but like back in the day, Tom Landry used to send out a huge letter to all the guys on his team. And it was like, I want to welcome you to the Dallas Cowboys training camp. And what a, what an honor it's been to be here. I actually got to see an original one and it was like, wow. And it was like like a handwritten. No, it was typewritten, but it was signed by him at the bottom. And it was like addressed to you. And it was like, I forget who's I saw, but my, my mentor, my ex mentor at the time had gotten a copy of one and I'd seen it. And it was like, it was like, man, I hope you're ready for what's about to engrave in your like in your life and like how we're about to twist and turn through the fabric of your soul and like football. It was like, oh my gosh. So when we got there, Jim sent out a letter and it was like, I want to welcome you to the San Francisco 49ers and all you need to bring with you is a toothbrush. Like you need nothing. We will supply everything. And it was awesome because it was like this dude is going to ruin this league. And he dude, he did it the exact way nobody wanted him to do it. Through like having a great relationship with his players and still being able to grind and not have everybody at first be like, this is stupid. You know, everybody was like, let's just buy in. It can't be any worse. And this guy seems really funny. What could go wrong? Like the worst thing is we start losing, but we still having fun, you know? And it was like instant, like you couldn't express the instant, like right away you felt like the team was better. And the success that we had week one and week two, the first year that he was there, it was like, what is going on? This is like, this is insane. Like we just took the season by storm and people didn't see us coming. And it was so fun guys. Yeah. Judd, go ahead. Judd, you got it. I got so, a bunch of questions too. But you, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is, so this seems like it, it is going to be um, the Vikings decision to make like Jim wants this job, your thoughts on, on, how he would fit here and and to go back to what you just talked about what he could potentially bring as far as a spark coming off a a year or two with mike that definitely felt like players were doing the opposite of what you're talking about which is they weren't having fun well i think the one thing to note was it's important to know that like when when jim came 
Mike Singletary had just left. And Mike was kind of a lot like Zimmer in the fact that like he was a defensive minded guy. He didn't, he understood the offense, but I don't think he appreciated it as much as probably most defensive coordinators. Like they just don't, I don't know why they just see us as second tier to them for whatever reason, but it's just the way it is. So when he came, his like bubbly energy, his liveliness, it was an instant spark. I remember he called me like two days after he got hired. I was in my grandma's house, like washing dishes. I remember exactly what I was saying. So I was like, why am I getting a call from San Francisco? I'm like, man, how can I get cut when I haven't even done anything? <laughs> I'm like, man, what's going on? And I answered it and it was Jim. And he was like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to be your next head coach. I was like, wow, this is interesting. I was like, hey, what's up, coach? Like, what's going on? Michigan man, blah, blah, blah. Like, we started going back and forth. And he right away was like, he grilled me about Ohio State. Like, he was crushed to me. And I was like, dude, this guy's actually kind of funny. And he was like, listen, man, I just want you to know that you're going to work harder than you've ever had to work in your life. You'd be here, but it's going to be worth it. And I was like, all right, cool. Can't wait. Got out there, met him, and he was the exact same way. And, like, from day one till day, whenever he left, he was the exact same guy every day. And he never changed. And that's why you see him wear the same clothes every day. He says it. I want to make life easy. I want to be the same guy. I want to wear the same clothes. I want to keep it simple every single day. And that's how he is. That's how he approaches every day. It's insane. So, because okay, I, I, and this is why it's, I mean, it's a, it's always amazing having you on. We love having you as a friend of Purple Daily. And, and I love and it, too. You know, I love it. It's great. Um, but the fact, the fact that. Jim Harbaugh is the leading candidate to be this team's head coach. It's just right, right in your wheelhouse and your sweet spot. And so I think a lot of Vikings fans who didn't follow the 49ers closely, they think, well, why would the Vikings, after having this sort of hard-nosed, old-school Zimmer thing flame out, why would you go with another sort of hard-to-get-along like hard with, right? He's, he's got a weird personality. Why would, you, why would you go that direction again? Can you, you played for Zimmer. You played for Harbaugh. Can you tell our audience the differences? Are they comparable? Are they drastically different? Because a lot of people are comparing the two personalities, abrasive personalities. What's your response to that? He's not abrasive at all. He's extremely warm and welcoming. If anything, the minute I told my wife that he was going to get hired here, she was like, oh, my gosh, this team's about to have a culture shock because he's one of these guys that he is like family from jump. I want your families here. I want you to be around your family. I remember the first year that he was there, he was like, listen, Coming into work at 5 a.m. is nonsense. I don't need you guys here that early. He'd be like, why don't you come in at 9? We'll be here at 9. We'll work till 5. Call it a day. We'll see how it goes. And it was great because it was like, man, this is really cool. Like, finally, you can spend a little time with your family. You don't have to be all over the place. And then, like, Fridays and Saturdays, he'd have the families in, and they could eat lunch with us. They could be around us. He loved them on the field. So, like, people see him abrasively. And this is so funny because it kind of hit my brain the other night. I was swimming late and I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, Jim's great in so many ways, but one of the greatest ways that he is so amazing is people think he's abrasive because he's abrasive to the media, but he's the exact opposite to the team. And he does that almost kind of like a facade. Like it's almost like he sees where the media is going with the narrative. And he's kind of like, I don't like where they're going. They're going to start picking and prodding my team apart. So I'm going to do something or say something outlandish to get the media to focus on me. Like, I think about all the problems that we had out there that nobody ever knew about. And they were always, always masked with Jim doing something or saying something. And it was kind of like, he was like, Hey, look at me. Don't look at them. You know? And when you're, when you're in it, you don't realize what's going on on the outside world. Like there were so many times, like something would happen and you were like, wait, what? what's going on out there? And he'd be like, don't worry about it. doesn't matter. We're playing the lions this week. That's all that matters. We need to focus on the lions. You'd be like, Oh, okay. Wait, isn't there a presidential election? He'd be like, don't worry about it. That's not, those things are not important. Like he was so like everything had to be bottled up and so tightly knit and closed up. And he had this saying about, he was paranoid about being paranoid and boy, he was. Cause there were things that he'd be like, guys, I don't know about this third down. We gotta, we gotta look at it again. I think we just gotta, what if they go zone? What if they do a cover six? Oh God. You know, you just spent like three hours in this meeting. You'd be like, all right, you're right. Let's go. Go ahead. What do you What do you thinking? He Wait, you're saying J- J- Jim Harbaugh spends time in offensive meetings? That would be a drastic Dude, change from the last few years. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you're actually going to talk to me? No, he used to sit with the O line, and he was he took more notes than anybody. And he'd be like, and he was great too because he wasn't afraid to throw things at Giro while Giro was on the spot. And I think that that showed that their camaraderie was so close because Jim would be like looking at something and say it was like 97G. That was a big staple play for us. We used to run it a lot against people that used to bring outside pressure or force us because it kind of kicked them out. And so Jim would be like, you know. Just don't like the receiver blocking the corner. 
like Randy, you think you could get in there and cut the safety for us? What do you, th- what do you, what do you think, guy? You think you could do that for us? Randy, like, man, you got it. He'd be like, Jiro, what do you think? What do you think? Like, you think it looks better than Jiro? Like, I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Oh, God, I love it. Like, just on the whip, he'd like change things like that and be like, this looks so much better. And then in the game, because he'd know that cornerback wouldn't want to tackle. So he'd be like, why waste a guy on him? Let's go cut the safety. And it was just diabolical in the way he operated. It was awesome. That's great. So what what was the um as far as he he goes to because I think the perception right or wrong and I've talked about this before is he seems like a shelf life guy. Like he definitely gets to a place, changes the culture, has success and from there it begins it begins a cycle. Um what's your response to that and and in in San Francisco how much was uh Jim butting heads with the people above him or just with Balky and he, he and Trent you know, clearly by the end, um, probably both couldn't stay there. No, they definitely couldn't. And that was the one thing that was like, and the more I think about this, the more I think that Trent was really just jealous of Jim's relationship, I think, with us. Like, he knew that everybody had his back and that no matter what he did, he really couldn't do any wrong. Like, he could come at us in so many different ways. Like, even if, like, there'd be a lot of times where he would be like, hey, we need to be better at this. And he was quick to say, like, this just doesn't look good. And we always agreed. But there would be times where he would, like, he'd dig a nail in you in front of people, you know, to, like, get a reaction out of you or, like, just, hey, listen, I need to push you a little bit harder. So he'd say stuff, like, especially I remember, like, the week that we were playing Houston, he was – um they had been doing this thing where they were sending Brian Cushion through the A gap a lot because of what it would do is single up JJ on the running back because you can't let anybody come through the A gap. So the guard would squeeze, but they wouldn't show it. They would do it at the last second and they did it a lot to people and it ended up getting JJ a ton of sacks. So they were like, listen, we don't want to do this this week. We're going to put Frank in there no matter what. And then I remember Jim said something like, I don't know. I don't know if these guards are ready to block him alone. Like, and I remember I looked at Mike and Mike looked at me and I was like, it's on, it is on. Like I'd never been so pissed in my life. And I was like, okay, bro, <laughs> say something stupid again. It's going to go down. And Mike came up to me. He was like, oh, I'm going to get him. And I was like, I know, calm down, Mike, calm down. So like, <laughs> but he's doing it on purpose. Right. And the whole week he was like watching film and we were killing these three techniques. These poor practice squad guys were getting murdered. And he was like on Friday, like he came to me and he was like, you know, I just I worry. He's just been getting a lot of sacks and wreaking havoc in there. He goes, all right, I think you guys are ready then. We'll, we'll try it. We'll go with it. I remember thinking, I'm going to prove this guy so wrong. And we ended up we ended up mauling JJ. They didn't do anything. We, we beat him like 31 to nothing at halftime. But that was just one of the things that you look back and he would just knew how to poke you because he knew me and Mike needed that. He knew that we were young enough and we were crazy enough that we were like, we didn't want to be coddled. Like, Oh, you guys are going to do great. Like you never heard that. You always heard you're going to have to fight your ass off out there. And if you don't, I got a guy back here that will. And so you knew where you stood all the time, which was great. Yeah. So what do you think he would change or do differently looking back on the last year or two in San Francisco or is it, or is it more, Listen, any other GM besides Trent Balky would have been a better combo for him. Or is he just the type of dude that's going to clash with the front office? I mean, what's, no, what's your no, reason? He's, he's not. He's a true football guy. I'm telling you, he's a true football guy. He loves the X's and the O's. He loves the camaraderie. I mean, he's the kind of guy that's like, hey, let's go see a movie as a team. Let's go do this as a team. Let's do this as a team. Let's do this as a team. Like Everything is – and soon you start to see it's all about the team with him. Like, it's not one guy. It's not one specific group. It's not, hey, I took the quarterbacks out to dinner or I took the, you know, the old line out. It's like we are all in this together. And I remember when he got there, most locker rooms are kind of divided up by, like, position groups. He was like, listen, we're going to integrate everybody. We're going to put the DBs with the O-line because we at the time we had, like, the O-line corner. And it was, like, this little nook that was carved out and it was just O-linemen. And he was like, no, we're going to put D-linemen over there too now. We're going to put DBs and we're going to get you guys to know each other. And, like, I remember, you know, at times when the family couldn't come on Saturday, he'd yell at you and be like, dude, where's your family? Like, oh, Johnny's got skating today. He'd be like, I don't care. I want them here. They need to be here. Them here makes you happy. You happy kills everybody out there. Like he was just always like, whatever's good for you is good for us. But the problem was the more that that happened, I think the upstairs started getting nervous because Jim could really get us to do anything. Like if he'd have been like, guys, let's go rob a bank. We'd be like, all right, here we go. Put the ski mask up there. Red Giro, how are we drawing this up? Show me. What are we doing? Who's the getaway driver? Let's get it. He was. He had us. Point break. 
And you got to think to have that many. And I know they talked about it on get up this morning, but like we had so many amazing players on one team to be able to control that many personalities as easily as he did. I found to be super amazing because you had guys on defense that were the most elite players. You had guys on the offense that were the most elite. And somewhere in the middle, he just knew how to tie everybody in with his quirkiness and his funniness. He cracked jokes all the time. He made fun of himself more than anybody. It was like he was a walking target, but he loved it because he knew if you gave it to him, he could kind of give it back to you at the same time. So on uh, QBs in particular, how do you think he would get along with Kirk? And and most importantly, too, what did you see um, up close about his ability to work with QBs and also uh, build upon the foundation to get the most from them? I think, number one, Jim's great with quarterbacks because he obviously played quarterback in the NFL forever, right? So he knows, he understands the games, the X's and the O's. But more importantly, I think what he was great at, and what he was great at, Alex, was, was giving him confidence right away. And that was the one thing that Alex Smith needed. He was coming off a year that was just, it was bad, all right? And the way that things went down was just really weird, and I was young, so I didn't really notice everything at first. But when Jim came in, it was like an instant boost to Alex. And everything that Alex did was great, and everything that he did could be built upon, and we could make this better. Let's, let's move in this facet. Like, just the way that he commanded him, it was, it was amazing to see Alex leave the year, you know, and we had this interim coach, and all of a sudden, I'll see you next year, and then Harbaugh gets hired. You come back, and Alex is like this whole new guy. And that's why, like – this offensive system that everyone talks about that Jim came from, that came from Giro, he could be so much more. At the time, that's what they wanted to do. Could they do that here? Yeah, we did it with Alex Smith. It's really – it's a complicated offense because it puts the defense in so many binds. It's like, hey, we could run the ball, we could play action, or we could really just straight up pass it out of this. Like, how do you want to play us? It's a, do you play us base? Do you play us nickel? And that's what a lot of the game became, and then it became one high, two high, but like – him and Kirk, and I don't know why I feel like this, but the minute that I think about this, I'm like, he's so good for Kirk because Kirk is an outlying quarterback. He's not this guy that's like super popularity. I want to be out there in the media, darling. I want to be like, he's just a quiet, I want to go to work. I want to show up, do my mm-hmm. job. Jim's great with guys like that because what is he going to do? He's going to bring the life out of you. He's going to be like, hey, man, it's okay to be exciting. It's okay to be a little cocky. Like as minute – that's the word I guess I'm thinking of. The minute he got there, that team got super cocky because he was like, why not? Why not us? Why do we have to fit into this mold of what everybody says we need to be? Why do we even need to listen to that? Like I remember him saying there, like, why are we even – why do I have to listen to you guys talk about this narrative in my ear all the time? I'm telling you what we're doing. You don't need to tell me what we're doing. Like, just shut up, listen, grind, and follow the path. And as soon as you did, you were like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is so much brighter. This is amazing. Like, instantly, you're like, you're picking up this offense because he made you feel special. Like, you were part of this group, and he'd ask you questions, and he'd be like, and it wasn't just like a stupid question. Like, what do you think, you know, how do you think it's going so far? It was like, Hey, listen, with this, uh, with this 36 blunt, you know, we're thinking about running a bubble or smoke backside. What do you think? Be like, um, I don't know, smoke. He'd be like, why? Uh, I don't know. Cause we don't really run it out of trips and that would be a bubble. He'd be like, good, good. And he's just going to walk away. And it was like these little tests to be like, where are you at with this offense? Are you paying attention? Are you listening? Do you have input? And then all of a sudden, maybe the next week you'd see the smoke on the back of the blunt. He'd be like, there's a good thought. I mean, there was a lot of times where we would go into games and we'd be like, hey, listen, as an old line, we would get together and say, we want to change a couple of these calls, and this is why. We'd have to have a good reason why. And if it made valid sense, he'd be like, you guys are the boss. Whatever you want to do, the quarterback pretty much has to follow your lead in this one. Yeah. Do you think Kirk would take well to Harbaugh style? Yeah, for sure, dude. Jim's great. I'm telling you, he would make Kirk laugh for sure. They both have this very <laughs> cheeky personality. Kirk seems very uptight. And I Jim. think I think Zimmer was like the exact wrong personality. It just it was the most oil and water connection right. that you could probably create in the NFL. Probably because Kirk didn't feel like he could talk to Mike. You know, like there has to be like, and I always say this: there has to be this chemistry between the guy making the biggest decisions and the guy making the most money. And when you put a head coach and a quarterback together, and you can just basically be like, "Listen, you two go in that room and learn together, or be together." They eventually start taking similarities from each other, and I think a lot of Jim rubs off on people. Where eventually you do feel confident enough to come out there and be like, "Why?" 
Because I can. That's why. Because I've been doing this. Like, you're going to grind so hard. He's going to take the offense on one field. He's going to take the defense on the other field. And you're going to run 150 plays every day. And you're going to run them perfectly. And then all of a sudden, you're going to eventually start to feel this confidence of like, you know what? I've done this so much. I don't even know if I know any wrong answers anymore. I just know how to do things right. That's all I know. Let's uh, let's pause real quick here. Just to, I mean, this is great stuff. So much football. Uh, let's 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 pause and crack a beer here real quick, Judd. <laughs> well, let's one. see what beer would, would we crack. All right, so yes, boys, I got some exciting news. The first Surly Variety Pack of 2022 is here. Okay, and yeah. yes, it involves Surly Furious, a great IPA. It involves Havoc Machine. It involves Ghost Empire Dark Lager. And let me introduce to you for the first time now in this. Variety Pack, the Hyper Modern Idaho 7 IPA. 7 IPA combines the tropical citrus divide with notes of melon, pineapple, and tangerine. I'm a fruit forward guy. I am a fruit forward beer guy. Fruit's good for you, too. Keep that in in mind. So, so yes, you, you, you get your favorite beer, the Furious included, but you also get three other delicious beers. In the first Surly Variety Pack of 2022, I'm confident it won't be the last. Listen, uh, Purple Daily and all of this amazing Jim Harbaugh insight and uh, impressions and mannerisms presented in part by TCL as well. A great TV for all of your football viewing pleasure. A new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Um I mean, the candidates right now, and I don't know if there's updated odds on this, but I don't think you fly Jim Harbaugh in on a Wednesday on, by the way, National Signing Day. <laughs> He's still oh, the Michigan wow. coach. It's National I don't think you fly him in unless you are intending to to offer a contract. But Kevin O'Connell is a finalist. He's the offensive coordinator with the Rams. Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator and former head coach. And, uh, and Pat Graham is the defensive coordinator from the Giants. He's interviewing as a finalist today. But, I mean, Booney, like, is there any reason why the Vikings shouldn't just do this with Jim no. Harbaugh? No, and, I've, and we talked about this last time, and I thought about this, too, last night. He He's, like, the perfect amount of experience to your young GM. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's your he's – your, I don't know, I guess what you'd say. Like, he's everything you need bottled up that the GM doesn't have to worry about. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, okay, I got to worry about the roster. And at the same time, I got to worry about the coach. Oh God, what's going on? It's like, no, listen, I can do this over here. You just give me the personnel I need. And you know, the way that things ended in San Francisco, you would think the gym would probably just say, Hey, listen, I just want to coach. I just want to be here to do the coaching. I want to be here to be with the guys. I want to make sure that they're up right. I know how things go. The level of communication is always at a standpoint. And the great thing is, too, he never introduces anybody into your life that you don't need. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's never, like, bringing just random people into the room to be like, hey, talk to these guys. Like, he's like, what, what purpose do you serve here? Are you, are you bringing something important? Like, there's obviously, like, the first day of camp where, like, everybody comes in and, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And then after that, you don't see anybody that's not a coach. It's like, listen, if it has nothing to do with football, don't bother these guys. Leave them alone. Like, that's why he's great. Because he goes to the GM and says, listen, this is all nonsense. They, these guys know this. They don't need to know. They don't need 800 meetings a day to know about what's going on. Give them one day of nonsense, and then after that, you leave them to me. I'm going to leave them tired enough that they're not going to know how to go out anymore. Believe me, it's going to happen. So it's nothing but football. It is straight. It's just all Injected football. in your football. veins, dude, all day. I, 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 here's another question. Judd and I were, were, were just kind of going back and looking at just the, uh, like, the the run pass ratios and stuff because I think you know we have complained about the Vikings not being explosive enough on offense yeah. and sometimes we probably oversimplify it as just like armchair football fans saying like you need to pass the ball more but like you can be explosive in the running game oh yeah and I feel like and this is just going to be I'm going to ask a novice football question and you can put your PhD spin on it the Vikings running game, even statistically, was not nearly as effective these last couple seasons as the 49ers running game at its peak. Now, mind you, when you had Cap also running the football, right, it's you know, way it just becomes more dynamic. Right. But, but what what would be the difference between the run game that Jim Harbaugh would want? Because he's, he's going to be run heavy. Mike Zimmer was run heavy. I think there's a different style of run game that both of them preside over. Yeah, for Am sure. I, okay. 
like when you talk about Jim in the run game, it, everything is pre-snap. I mean, he's gonna, it's going to look a lot like Kyle Shanahan's. It's going to be – there's going to be so many moving pieces and parts that by the time it's all said and done, the defense doesn't know what's going on. And that's why you do all this pre-snap stuff. And that's why I got so hard earlier on the Vikings because it's like, listen, you can't just line up and go toe-to-toe with people and punch them in the mouth. And there were times in San Francisco where we couldn't even do that. You know, like we were just either beat up or we weren't ready or we weren't just game enough. So then all of a sudden it was like, okay, listen, we go in at halftime – you guys aren't kicking anybody's ass. So now we got to throw in a little fluff. So now we're going to throw in some pre-snap motions. We're going to throw in some pre-snap XMOs, XYs. Everybody's going to be moving around. And then all of a sudden the defense has to play a different game. It's not like we're just here to line up and fist fight. It's like we have to diagnose through all of this and then be ready to fist fight. But at the same time, uh-oh, it might be play action. Like that's where Jim's offense comes in so fun because it's like everything that you saw in the run game you could have seen in the past game too. Every formation, a very run typical formation, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, could have been one of our biggest play action heavy hitters. And it was it forced a defense to go into a base. And when you go into base, you end up getting more man coverage. You end up getting more cover two, right? And then all of a sudden, maybe you get a little cover one because they get a little greedy and they're like, hey, we can't stop the run. That's when our play action would hit. And, and dude, I'm telling you right now, this playbook had 400 plays in it, and you had to know everyone backwards and forwards. But you did. And the fact that he could get you to learn all this because he would throw these plays out there, guys, I'm not kidding you. There was a play one time called Swim-O. And I know that if any of my ex-Niner brothers are listening right now, they're probably laughing because they drew this play up on the board. And we were like, man, there is no way this play is going to work. I'm not even kidding you. You didn't block the three technique. You just didn't block him. And so, like, there was nobody blocking the three technique on the sheet. And I was like, hey, you forgot a line. And they were like, no, we didn't. I was like, that's never going to work. But there were so many pre-snaps that, like, the fullback motioned all the way outside. The tailback came back in from outside. That The defense was like, wait, wait, what? What just happened? And then all of a sudden, as you ran the play, because we, we practiced against our own defense, who was obviously one of the best to ever do it, we ran right past them. And they were like, they had no idea because there's so many pre-snaps and motions that they're looking to diagnosis all this. And then they're like, wait a minute, this, this looks like a play action too out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, Frank Gore just came right through the A-gap. Like everything's so dazzling. And when you start to force defenses to think more, or maybe you pull them out of position and they don't even know it. If you pull a linebacker a foot to the left, you have moved him out of position for a huge hole, right? Any running back can make it through there. Oh my God, dude! Give me right play, here. Just you right gotta here. play this. You gotta dude, play. Hey, how about this? Just you want to hear this? Check this out. Thank you. Veins, right? A dude. Oh my God. We had this. We had this. We had this thing called check with me. Look, I'm getting text messages. I'm probably in trouble. I'm talking too much about this offense. Um, so I know. So Break some news if you want. Go we ahead. had the, no. We had this thing, and it was this. Uh, it was this personnel, and it was called check with me, and it was. You could run four plays out of one group. So you'd get in there and it was like, so it'd be like, uh, uh, so you'd say Jack Wright, uh, 96G, and then you'd be like alert, and then we'll go two jet spider, check with me, 36 blunt. And then from there, you could kill it to anything out of there. So you get up there and it was it would go like this, front. If you had an over front, you just stay. If you had an under, then you work to your safeties. If you had two high, you didn't want to pass it. If you had one, you check, you check to the pass. And then all of a sudden it was like, but if they gave us this specific look, we would check with me. And then it puts you into this world of like magicalness, guys. Like it was the quarterback could never be wrong. And it was, it was why it was so hard to stay in this offense and play at the level that we did because you had to know so much. The check with me would be like, it has to be an over 57 fuck. And that's the only way we can get it. So then all of a sudden, as soon as you get to line, you see all the old linemen looking. Is it over? Is it fuck? Is he, oh my God, it's a check with me. <laughs> Everybody get all excited. And then you'd look at Cav, like, what is it, dude? What is it? He'd all get all excited and start laughing. He'd be like, all right, let's hit him with some power. And all of a sudden, we'd just start demolishing people. Or let's hit him with some blonde. Let's hit him with a little cougar. Like we just, dude, we, we had so much fun with people. And that's why football was really the best when you can have fun with it yeah. so how yes <laughs> so how do you get uh how would jim get kirk uh to buy into this to be because kirk is the hey i get to play i run it i i run the plays man the, i don't call timeouts i run the plays no you don't how right but i mean that it it actually sounds like uh not the physical attributes of kirk but the mental 
part of Kirk? Would would it need to almost be tweaked and changed, right? No. Because that's the thing is he can't be like, ah, Jim, I'm just I I'm gonna do what you tell me. It sounds like like from what you're describing, it's an actual partnership, probably much more so between the offense and the and the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah, and he's not gonna let you do that. He's gonna tell you, no, you're the boss. You are the boss. I, like, I just work here. No, you don't now. Now you make all the decisions. You have just as much skin in this game as everybody. If you call the wrong play, they're going to look at you. Yes, this is how big boys do it. And, I, dude, I'm telling you right now, I played with some guys that have never understood football at a level that you have t- t- take it to understand this offense. They were quickly. They understood things. Like, it's just – it's a simple offense if you get it. And Kirk clearly gets it. He's at the NFL level. He's a quarterback. But Jim forces you to take ownership in it because he's like, listen, if you can get us into the right play, we can just walk our way down this field right now. If you don't, we're going to struggle. And we're all going to see. And then when everyone comes out, it's going to – what was the problem? The quarterback never got us in the right play. Like eventually things start to show themselves pretty quickly. But not only that, he gives you the confidence to do it because dude, you're going to sit in more meetings and you're going to listen to more things and he's going to give you more insights. He's going to tell you so many amazing things. He's going to bring this staff. Like I remember Tom Rathman. I don't know who here knows Tom Rathman. Does anyone here know Tom? Well, back. Yeah. Uh, I remember Tom Rathman from Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl with the 49ers yeah. in 1991. Yes. Dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had a big neck yeah. roll guy. Big neck yeah. roll guy, yeah, right? Like. That. He do the blitz, and it, it, I mean, I'm telling you, you have so much knowledge on Sunday that you walk in there, you're like an encyclopedia of this defense. You're like, I know everybody, I know their height and weight, I know what they're good at, I know where they want to break, I know the coverage they want to play, I know when they want to twist us, why they want to twist us. Like they do, these coaches that work for Jim, they're the best. I'm telling you, because he makes them the best. We have an update here from Chris Thomason, and by the way, the most entertaining, like the undercard of all this, is going to be. Minnesota media and specifically Chris Thomason from the from the Pioneer Press. Chris, don't don't go down this thing. Asking questions. So oh, it's gonna he happen. Ju- he just tweeted, "I just had a ninety second phone call with Jim Harbaugh." So he might he must have tracked his number down and gave him a call, and Harbaugh answered. I guess he was friendly, but wouldn't confirm coming to Minnesota for a Vikings interview tomorrow. Quote from Harbaugh: "I'm not confirming anything or denying anything." He said, "Please don't be offended." That's Jim. <laughs> Not confirming or denying. That's that's how he is. I mean, he's and the, see, that's why people think he's abrasive because he just doesn't want to deal with the media. He's like, I just want to be with the guys and play some football. I mean, I'm telling you, this is and there there are other candidates that I think are great. Kevin O'Connell at the Rams, clearly he's worked with Kirk. He'd be great too. But when you talk about a guy that could really get on Kirk's level, and that's what you need to do with ownership because there's a really big decision coming down the pipe right now. And I know there's this is just the beginning of the offseason. There's going to be things that happen or whatnot. But when it comes to what you're dealing with right now, Kirk Cousins is your biggest situation. How do we get Kirk to come out of his shell? How do we get Kirk to get better? How do we get Kirk to understand these defenses and maybe even take us somewhere that people don't think he can take us? That's what Jim's so great at is believing in people that other people don't believe in. When he came to us, dude, we were garbage. We didn't know what we were doing. We were up and down. We had so much leadership. We just didn't know where we were going. He did such a great job of being like, listen, all of you, sit down. I know what I'm doing. Follow me. And he come in, you know, his arms all broken and stuff, and you're like looking at him like, this mangled, mangy man, where's he taking us? <laughs> but he was, the way that he does it, and I'm telling you guys, with Kirk, it would be phenomenal because it would be interesting to see number one, if he could do it. And number two, if he does do it, where does Kirk take this team? Because they are, they have great running backs. They have the ability to have a great O-line. You have two great tackles. That's half the battle. Like there's not a lot in the receivers. Do we even really need to go into that defensively? You're young. You look at this, there's a few pieces you need, but for Jim, this is like the perfect team. That's like, they have enough lightning in a bottle. They just need someone to throw it. What do you think he's learned to? Because he coached you you guys for four years, correct? He's yeah. 50, he's 58 now. Things went great from a record standpoint. Yes, 58. I'm 52, dude. I'm, I'm old, too. Um, he, he's done great from – or he, he did great with your club from a record standpoint. But what do you think he learned from, from that experience that will make him a better professional coach, especially this time around, if he gets the job? Probably to work a little bit better with management. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look back at that, there wasn't a lot that he could do. And it's, I think he really does know what a team needs. And sometimes it's like, 
upper management doesn't see it like that. They're like, listen, these guys are, they look like they're just having too much fun. They're just doing too many wacky things. And you're like, listen, sometimes guys are crazy and this is how it goes. He does a great job of controlling the players. I think at times when it came to management, there was just so much pushback because they wanted to be in it. And he was kind of like, listen, leave me alone. There are so many things I have to teach these guys that I don't have time to teach you guys as well. Like you can come along for the process, but I'm not going to let you come in this room and dog these guys out. Like that was the thing. Trent at times would come and dog us out and it would be like, listen, you don't have the right to come in this room because you're not grinding with these dudes every day. You're not with them every day. You don't see the injuries that they're dealing with. You're not over here trying to push them through this fight. You know what I'm saying? You don't have the right to come down here and belittle them like this. And that's when the, the players were kind of like, wow, this guy really cares. Like normally they, the coach would just sit there and let, you know, they're going to let the GM do what he does. But for that, that was like, wow, this is different. But I think that obviously Quazy seems way different than Trent. Trent was wanted very hands-on and it just wasn't a good fit. And at the time, I think that was meant to blow up, but this looks like it's different. It looks like it's like, Hey man, we got the pieces to do everything over here with personnel. We just need one guy that can come over here and grab this team, lead them down the road. And these two, the GM and the head coach, they can get along. I mean, it's so hard because at times I see it, you want to go in different directions. Hey, I don't, I, I think we should do this. And the other, the head coach is like, listen, we should do this. And, that has to be hard at an alpha level. I mean, you are at the most highest level of competitive sports and you have two visions and they're just not meshing. It's got to be difficult. So to find that right now, and that's why I'm saying with, with Quazy so young and you're developing talent and you're seeing all this talent and you're focused over here, let me focus on the game plan. Let me develop these guys. You bring me the players and I will put them in the right positions to succeed. Yeah. And by the way, I think, so I don't want to. I'll Judd. I'll let you speak for yourself here. But he, Judd, floated on Mackie and Judd today that uh, that he's hearing this isn't like the Wilfs that are this this that that Quasi is the one that is bringing Harbaugh in. He's the one that wants Harbaugh to be in the Shugs. It's smart, and, and that makes it. And and you know one of the biggest things that people praise from from John Lynch in San Francisco to Andrew Barry in Cleveland that they praise Quasi for is his ability to cross over departments, personality styles, communicate, and bring people together. And so maybe he has a much better chance than, than Trent Belke did 10 years right. ago of just maintaining that relationship with Jim if this thing does go down. For sure. I mean, it would be – I mean, it's, it's exciting to think about, and, like, the relationship that they would have would be incredible. I mean, I'm telling you, Jim is one of these guys that if, if he's your friend, if, he's, if he calls you a trusted ally, there's nothing that he won't do for you, which is awesome. I mean, that's what you want in a coach. You know, you're out here, and at times you're going through some really hard times, and here's this guy grinding on you all day, and then eventually he kind of, like, says a joke. You're like, God, I hate this guy. I hate him, but I love him, you know? And that's what people don't understand is, like, this hate-love relationship between coaches. And at times you just hate him, and that's a bad coach. And at times you hate him, but then all of a sudden they say something, like, I so right. Love him. <laughs> It's the worst. I know it's such a vicious circle. Which uh, which uh, player on offense, Alex? Do you think directly could benefit the most? Like like who who would he get? Because I think that the one thing that grew um, frustrating to watch with this with the, these guys uh, in 2020 was this: uh, we watched them, and we just, to go back to, to our conversation before, we didn't see creativity. Like like we just saw these packages that were. Which player do you think that he would get his hands on? And actually, it, it's not that that player was not productive previously, but I'm saying use that player to in a way that would benefit both the scheme and the player. Man, you know, one of the guys that I'm kind of thinking about is, and I'm curious to see how he's doing in his recovery, is Irv Smith. I know that the tight end yes. position is big here. It is really, Dude, really Vernon big. Davis was incredible Dude, for a couple right? of years with you guys. And then there was a guy that nobody knew about in Delaney Walker. And he was the guy that set everything up. And he was the guy that would, like, <laughs> he'd go in motion. And as he'd go in motion, he'd tell everybody else what route they were running if they didn't know what they were doing. Like, he was that guy. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's why we called him the Swiss Army Knife, because he could do it all. Like, he'd go in motion. He'd be like, you're running the wheel route. I'm like, God, no, they know it's a pass. But, like, he had to tell people what to do at times. So I look at that tight end position and I'm like, man, people don't understand how if he can get the run game going and you can do it with the Kirk Cousins. We did it with Alex Smith for a long time. They're not saying that it was very it worked as well as it did with Cap, but it can still work. There's things that work out of it. But 
when you talk about the tight ends, man, these guys open up in a huge way because as soon as these linebackers start stepping up, he has them running everything, out routes, in routes, crossing routes, post routes. I mean, he wants to make them the focal point of the offense because tight ends are naturally a mismatch, right? Like you're going to put a linebacker and now – Remember, we talked about this. We, you're probably going to play them base, right? Because you're not going to let them run all willy-nilly all over you. So you got to be like, hey. And that's when, like, big nickel comes out and they start messing around with what can you do. But if you can get these linebackers in here that normally don't cover, they just run sideline to sideline, you know, like I see ball, get ball. That's when you start fighting your mismatches in this offense. And then all of a sudden as they start putting more DBs out there, then you start running the ball a little bit more. Then they put these linebackers in. Then the wide receivers show up. Like, it's – it's like such a fun chess match with him because as soon as you get a team in base and you see them come out in base, you just start laughing. You're like, God, he's going to pick these dudes apart. And Vernon and Delaney would just start laughing because they knew nobody could keep up with them. But you talk about a guy like Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith Jr., tight end on each side, that's what they're all about. They want to run this two tight end set, maybe even two running backs, right? You start getting fullbacks. Look what Juszczyk does out in San Francisco. They're going to go find somebody like that. They love C.J. Ham, I'm sure, but at the same time, they're going to be like, listen, we need to find someone that's speedy and crafty because all of a sudden a mismatch position became a disadvantage for them, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, the old fullback used to be just, a, I'm going to run through the A-gap. Well, now all of a sudden we're getting rid of that. He can still do that, but he can still run a real route out of the backfield and still hurt you for a long play. Yeah. Hey, Declan wants someone's ass fired here in a second, but Uh-oh. before we get there, give us, Alex, this has been just, you know, 40 minutes of amazing Jim Harbaugh insight. Give us just like any last thoughts here heading into uh, what I think is going to be coined Jim Harbaugh day if he takes that job tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be electric. I don't know if anybody's ready. I can't, I hope I get to see him in some purple this. And more importantly, I hope he calls me to have dinner. Cause I got to sit down. We got to talk. We got to do something, man. This guy, he's, he's the man. We got to get him on the show or something. Absolutely. Oh my Yeah, no, absolutely oh, okay. not. Ah, Never. I don't know about that. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I'll okay. Does he have to take okay. the job to come on the show? I should call him. See what's up. If you can, if you put Greg Roman, by the way, in the middle, like at the fifty yard line, and you put one Harbaugh on the twenty and another Harbaugh on the other twenty, <laughs> which Roman. direction would Greg Roman go if he was a free agent offensive coordinator? I'd like to say he go to Jim. I think he had them. I think I mean, dude, the, we had so much fun there, and the, he let Giro be so creative and so dynamic. And there was nothing. It, it reminded me a lot, like back then, of like a Brian Dable offense. You know what I'm saying? Like at times you were like, "What is going on?" But all of a sudden it just gets lumped together, and you're like, "Wow, it's so beautiful, it's so pretty." <laughs> the Monet. It really is. Picasso of football. You're a lot of learning. You're gonna have to learn a lot. Speaking of pieces of art, how about Judd's chiseled body now that he's down like thirty plus pounds because of Livia? That's exactly right. That's the, thanks to my friends at as Phil just said, Livia Weight Control Center is down thirty plus pounds. And now I want you to join me on the I Did It Eight Week Challenge, where you get your first eight weeks for free. That's right, first eight weeks for free. In the first eight weeks, for instance, I dropped twenty six pounds. Imagine getting to springtime; you've dropped twenty six pounds or more. And you haven't paid yet because your first eight weeks are free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A. Check them out. And again, first eight weeks for free inside or outside the state. They, they can do a consultation uh, on Zoom. So you, you could certainly join if you are a uh, Purple Daily fan who is not located in the area. But you can lose that weight. First eight weeks for free. Livia. L-I-V-E-A.com. Also, hey, Federated, it's like having a great offensive line for your business, all right? It's all about risk management and protection. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, they've been helping Minnesota business owners and beyond for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna, and they can help you take your already awesome business to the next level through risk management resources and other tools. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Real quick, before Declan fires someone, uh, someone on Twitter here, just a listener of the show, sent me this screenshot of an article from 2015 that apparently, Alex, you talked to uh, HBO's Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, and this is all in the aftermath of the 49 This is why everybody stuff. thinks I hate him, because I called him and a psycho. You, you called him uh, clinically insane, and he said he wore out his welcome? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was clinically insane. I love it. All right. Uh, Declan, tell us who uh-huh. you want fire this week all right as soon as i make a mental note to take the f word out that boone just dropped um all well, right you, you better drop one right now after yeah. some of these games i saw this week <laughs> right. you better get ready to drop snuck one. that in too uh-huh. i think i know who's getting fired uh-huh. too uh-huh. all right. right just 
Oh. It, it, it's controversial. This, I think this is the most controversial edition of Declan Wants Someone's Ass Fired yet that we've, uh, that we've ever done on this show. But af- after what I, I watched this weekend, and after now just kind of taking in what's happened to this guy's team, in, uh, his, his team in late-game situations, Ooh, uh, i got to fire someone's ass because this can't happen anymore. I'm firing Kyle Shanahan's ass for what's been happening in the fourth oh, quarter lately. Oh, Let me take you down. Let me take you down the fourth quarter of the last three playoff losses for Kyle Shanahan. Two as head coach. One as an offensive coordinator. He blew a he was outscored thirteen to nothing in the fourth quarter against the Rams this weekend. He was outscored twenty one to nothing against the Chiefs in twenty nineteen in the Super Bowl. He was outscored nineteen to nothing against the Patriots in the infamous twenty eight to three comeback. Kyle Shanahan teams have been outscored fifty three to zero in the fourth quarter. Kyle Shanahan. Your ass is fired. D'Amico Ryan's oh. come on up, too, by the way. You know, oh, hey, oh. Wow, dude. You, you know, go. what if Kyle Shanahan is just like a he's a good starting pitcher that just can't see a lineup the third time through the order? Like, he's like a sixth and two-thirds inning guy, and they just need to bring on, like, a reliever head coach for the fourth quarter. You know, maybe D'Amico Ryan's is the closer for them. <laughs> D'Amico, take over. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. I, mean, I, I thought you were going to fry a bigger fish. Declan, I, I did. Thought, for a minute, I, I did too. You, we thought I you were going to Andy Reid. Andy yeah, Reid. No, I thought, I thought, you, were Kansas, not I thought you were going to Kansas City. No, 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 no. For Dude, Andy Reid. I mean, Kansas head. City has blown a dynasty. I know they won a Super Bowl no, a couple Phil's years right. ago, but they have no. blown a dynasty. That's why I thought Dex was going to fire Andy Reid. I, 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 I put more of that on. Uh, honestly, Mahomes. I thought showed, showed more of a of a cowardly nature in that fourth quarter than Andy Reid did. Hey. To be fair, though, and I want to bring this back to a point. Do you remember the second half, right before the second half, when they were like, let's go for it again, and they didn't get that play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See how these big decisions sometimes can even affect the biggest coaches in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Like, these decisions are ending up making these games more than anything ever. Like, a timeout has never been more important ever. And Andy Reid blew that. Like, I get it. You want to get Patrick Mahomes the ball. You want that touchdown. But at the same time, dude. Sometimes you got to kick that field goal and walk away. And I'm not saying that I would have done it differently or anybody else would have, but this is what it comes back to is that these young coaches are going to be tested and that costs them so much. And now look at everybody's crushing Patrick Mahomes right now. Like, dude, where were you? What were you doing? What the hell? Enough with the TikTok. Like everything's out of control right now. I'm just saying a his winning... whole family, like his his family, just it's kind of annoying, down, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, really, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was in the NFL, I'd be like, hey, man, you need to get your brother off the sidelines. Like, yeah. enough if, of I'm, this if I'm Mahomes, is... I'm telling my family, no. guys, it's cool. I'd pull the pass. I'd pull the pass. I bet you the Chiefs would come down on him like, listen, man, enough of this. Like, this is becoming too much. Your brother started a fight with a restaurant here in Kansas City. Like, they're doing Tic Tac on the sidelines. Your wife's spraying people with champagne after cold games. Like, dude, enough. Okay. Yeah, and then on the other side, Joe Burrow is just <sighs> that Lightning. dude is ice. Everything cold. about him, I love him. Two I years him. ago, that was that that team is still rebuilding its roster from being the worst team in the NFL two years ago, and it's like everything comes together. He is I, he's a great player, but there's just something about, and you'd have to tell us like you're in these locker rooms, like there's something about his demeanor, his confidence, his personality that has just spread through that entire team, it feels like. It's infectious, dude. You look at what this kid's done, and not only that, but you know what I think the greatest thing about this is? The fact that he can take a hit and get up and doesn't even care. He's never phased. I'm telling you, people think I'm insane because I'm like, to watch your quarterback get plastered the entire game and get up and be like, what? Let's go. You don't know what that'll do for you. You're like, I totally ruined this kid's moment. I got him crushed, and he just looked at me like, we're good. You're like, okay, I guess nothing's going to phase this kid. Nine sacks, and then you look at last week what they did. Their O-line completely turned around, but that's what the power of one player can do for your team. Those guys, I guarantee you, they hurt everybody ripping them all week, and they were like, You're, they're right. We can never let our quarterback get hit this much. And you saw a complete different team. And I'm not saying that they came out firing, but they looked way different, and they are, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm gonna, wow, dude, dude I, I I thought it was going to be them versus wow. San Francisco, and you're right, Kyle Shanahan. You're kind of pissing me off, dude. Like you had that, totally. You had that in the bag. <laughs> Don't even get me started. But like, what Cincinnati's doing, I just 
there's something about 22 guys that have chemistry over 10 guys that are superstars that should make everybody feel really scared right now. Because if the Bengals win, it's going to flip the culture of this league. People are going to turn around. They're going to be like, what are we doing wrong that this team could go from worst to literally first in one year and we can't and we have more talent. And it's because one kid came in and was like, you just can't hurt me. I'm sorry. I can still make that throw. And not only that, but his diagnosis pre-snap is so stupid. He's like, where's my man? Oh, you're really going to leave Jamar over there? Okay, you're an idiot. Here we go. Give me the ball. Give me, yeah. give me the ball. Like, it's so fun to watch him look for the one-on-one matchup pre-snap. He's like, where is it? Where? Oh, found it. Got it. Here we go. And it's like catch ball, throw ball. It's yes. so fun to watch. His yeah. pocket his pocket presence, too, and and his feeling Last of week. when to take off, <laughs> yeah. which, which, by the way, um, not to pick on a, a certain guy who plays – quarterback for the vikings but he does not have that but because it's not like nope. burrow's this elite running quarterback no he's not but my god how do you feel that pressure like he was against the chiefs he he didn't get sacked in part because of that right. and and he ran i think the stat was at one point three third downs in, on which he had run and some were third and long three first downs yeah that's it was, unbelievable. It was incredible to see him actually just take off. Like the one time he kind of got pulled out to the left and then brought back to the right. And the way yep. he just did, like kind of came out, I was oh, okay, young man, you go for it. Then <laughs> he just took off. I'm like, and by the way, don't worry about Kirk, okay? Your offensive line's going to get fixed. They're, they're going to get fixed. Don't worry. I like um, a guy who can feel though the pressure from the blind side, Booney. I like that. Yeah, all you do is make is just turn this into a show ripping Kirk Cousins all know, the time. Right? Don't okay? worry, you know, just I got, have some faith. Like I like to use my football savvy. Hey, I like hey, to use my football I'm, knowledge if, on this show. If Jim oh, comes here, I suddenly Booney. like Kirk Cousins a lot more, and I don't know why. I just suddenly am like, you better watch out. Enough to sign him to to an extension. You'd have to almost. Jim's gonna make you work for it. He's smart enough to be like, nah, dude, you want that? You're going to work. And that's why he's going to put a lot on his plate. If you want your money, and he was great at that. If you want your money, go get it. I'm going to let you do it. You want one-on-one matchups? Go for it. We're going to give them to you. But if you fail, (laughs) it's on you, dude. You'd be like, I got it. I'm ready to roll. Take that cap hit, though, man. That's a tough cap hit. $45 million next season. You're going to laugh so much, Judd. You're going to have so much fun. Oh, I'm going to love it. You're going to love it. Don't worry about Judd. My popcorn is can i get hey, can i get a press pass finally can i please go in and can i go can you can sit go right in? by me i'm gonna go i got questions i think when you're the offensive coordinator you don't yeah, need man. a press pass you can just uh <laughs> put a headset right from us to the game <laughs> the we'll be asking you for field yeah. assistant gm power Booney, power <laughs> you and yes, crazy assistant gm it's i think a nice good. a nice front office desk job no, 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 would no, 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 suit no. you very well i think it's I time for the alex and crazy no i'm a grinder I dude what if you were the what if you were the uh, like mcveigh has the hold me back coach like you know he's you know, no you that's know. the strength coach dude that's the weightlifting coach no i'm the guy over there yelling at the old line and yes if he asked me to take that job i would absolutely take the old line job are you kidding me you heard it here no who, question who would you cut first you heard it here I wouldn't cut anybody. I'd make them all better. Watch. Football. I don't need to cut anybody. Can I cut a couple guys? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to cut anybody. Judd's going to submit here. his roster uh, I'd like to. I'd like rankings. to cut a couple guys just to start with. I don't need to cut them. I can make them better. Just follow me. Watch me. Listen, I've got about 50 people who have tweeted at me in the last five minutes that are like, where is this episode? So let's shut All up. Right. Let's post the episode. <laughs> All right, Booney, great stuff, dude. And uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens on Jim Harbaugh Day tomorrow. Hopefully I see you guys next week.